Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. This is Q, the Abolitionist. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of Unshackled Liberty. What's up, Crypto Gamba? How you doing? We got Allie with us. You want to say something? Allie, yeah. Well, what do you something? want me to say? Whatever I'm you want to say. You, you're screwing up the intro. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, I've never you done just, an intro you gotta, before. <laughs> you got to catch the flow. We got to do it. So we're going to start over again. Ready? Okay, you, sorry. I got, I got my radio voice going. Okay, here we go. Ready? I'll do it again. Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. This is Q, the Abolitionist. Hi, I am Crypto Gumbo, and I love being here. And this is, we have Allie with us. Allie, how you doing? Yeah, hi, I'm Allie. I'm doing pretty well. This is episode three of season two of Unshackled Liberty. We're going we're gonna to do a lot of things today. We're going to talk really bad about Abraham Lincoln and get you all fired up because, you know, we know you guys worship all of these American presidents, you know? So uh, we're going we're gonna to sh- we're gonna shoot this one in the head. He had nice hats. Pun intended, I guess. That was kind of weak. It fell flat. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, uh, but hey, episode three, season two. Here we go. Okay. Hey, so uh, welcome to Shackle Liberty, everybody. We've got Allie with us. How you doing today? Well, I'm good. How good. y'all doing? Good, real good. So we we're gonna we. It's funny. This this topic is a little bit odd. It might rustle. It might make some people upset. We're gonna talk a little bit about Abraham Lincoln, and I don't know how long it's gonna go. I'm I'm at a hard stop at about an hour. So um, I'll let you guys know when I got it. When I got to close it up because I got to get the like. I got to get home. I got to get family stuff going. But uh, anyway, so we're going to talk about Abraham Lincoln. And I think one of the things we're going to do is probably uh, dismantle a little bit the, uh, the American religion um, when it comes to this, this deity, this American deity that we always talk about Abraham Lincoln, the great, the great emancipator and all this other stuff. So wasn't he a president or something? He was, he was like the 16th president. So um, yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) you're so dumb, dude. So, so, Allie's from New. Is it okay if I tell everybody that you're from New Jersey, or is that something? Yeah, I, I'm very open about that, even on Twitter. So okay, that's so fine. Allie's from New Jersey. Gumbo is from Louisiana, and I'm from the West Coast. And so I, we, we probably have three different views of the Civil War based off based on uh, how we were indoctrinated as children, you know. Um, and at least I'll I'll start with mine, I guess. Uh, on the <laughs> west, that's a oh, dog. Sorry. That's okay. Yeah, that's my dog. We we like dogs, and we like dogs. Yeah. No, sure. I, have, I have two. Yeah, and I've got I've got two dachshunds if they count as dogs. But uh, okay, yeah, I have a great Dane, so yeah. she's very loud. And he's a big old dog. So yeah. we uh, <laughs> me me being from the West Coast, we always we always learned um, that you know the South was bad because they owned slaves, and the North was good because they freed the slaves, and that and that Abraham Lincoln was the great emancipator who who uh, you know did this whole, um, you know, emancipation proclamation thing that magically freed all the slaves in, in the South. So that's like the, the two, you know, that's a two minute or two second version of, of what the civil war history I was taught uh, on the West coast. And um, so let's, 
so Ali, what was your, what was your civil war history? Like when you were growing up, was it similar to that? Okay. Or? Yeah. So I'll talk about like the high school stuff as opposed to like what I kind of have read now. Um, when I was in high school, it was very much that, uh, the North was the, were the good guys, Abraham Lincoln, mm-hmm. you know, the typical emancipation proclamation, 1863. That's what freed the slaves. Um, and that he was like this, this good guy who was like ahead of his time a little bit from what like other people thought. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just very much like the South were like traitors and they were bad people, which is yeah. interesting because of the way people use traitor today is like, oh, you're an anarchist, you're a traitor. So that's <laughs> kind of <funny>. But, <laughs> you know, and if you were with the South, you were the bad guys. And like the Confederate flag is another thing that like seems like since I've moved to the South, um, some people just use it as a cultural type thing yeah. like some people I know in Nashville but like in the north it's very much like oh that means you're racist and you hate black people and all this kind of stuff it's like I don't you know so that was interesting I thought that argument was stupid too when that was a big deal a couple of years ago I was like yeah there are bad people who fly certain flags but that doesn't mean that the flag's bad because it's just a cultural thing and I was telling people that weren't from the south that that that's so and they're like no man that's like super racist I'm like yeah. <laughs> it's not dude I'm from Louisiana it's not a racist thing but whatever yeah yeah so that, that's pretty much I mean I think like what um I had learned with that that's like the gist of it okay so. all right so what about you Gumbo what was your what was your civil war history about or like so, so being from I'll, the south is was it was it the war of northern aggression so I'll start out like this I'm pretty sure y'all both know more about it than me. I didn't do too hot in school. Uh, I didn't pay attention and I wasn't there most of the time. And I don't really remember much about it other than uh, the South will rise again. But, uh, <laughs> that's, what you, that's what you got out of but, that. But, but um, the, it ties into the Confederate flag thing. Like, yeah, there's still pockets of racism and that's tied into the Abraham Lincoln thing and the slave thing. But like even now, like you see in the, in the mainstream media, all this white supremacy and all this hardcore racism, mm-hmm. Where is it? Because I don't see it. Where yeah. is it? Where does it exist in the minds of the, the, the mainstream media? But, but as far as like uh, um, Abraham Lincoln and everything, t- your typical high school banter is what I learned. Uh, I don't even remember any of it. You know, why would I? But I, I got nothing, man. That's it. That's, that's it. <laughs> So why why do we hate why do we hate Abraham Lincoln? So the, the most Americans will tell you that he's one of the best presidents of all time. You know, in fact, mm-hmm. one of the things that uh, was it was it the um, that Nicolas Cage movie that oh, oh the one where he stole the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, the, the, I don't the know second, what it is, but I remember another, that part. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was the second one. There was a, the part two to that. Oh. It was like a sequel or something where he he referred to the president as uh, his favorite president because. Before the Civil War, they were saying the United States are, and afterwards it's the United States is, as if, you know, so before the Civil War, it was a plural concept of multiple states, right? Whereas after the Civil War, it was one nation. Um, and I think as, as libertarians or anarchists, uh, you, you might see that as kind of a, one, one reason why not to like the guy, because most of us are for uh, decentralization and if you're not a full anarchist where you want to completely dismantle the state if you're a, you know a smaller libertarian you're most likely leaning towards like uh, you want to see a lot of decentralization you want to see some um, you know like secession of these of these states and start seeing a little more independence in smaller clumps of, of, of bodies of people right so what do you hey, think about that Nicholas Cage national treasure 
that's what it was. Thanks. Okay. No, I'm, no, I'm national, telling you. I'm yeah, telling you, Nicholas Cage is a national treasure. Thank you. Gosh. I thought, oh, so <laughs> Nicholas Cage. So, what, so what are your what, what are your thoughts on that, Allie? <laughs> um, so, when it comes to the Civil War um, and that stuff, like I, I think that I mean, it possibly could have been avoided, to mm. be honest. And a lot of people think that the main reason, not saying that slavery wasn't a reason. But that wasn't like the top reason why right. like, the Civil War happened because it wasn't some of the like papers for secessionism on to certain states that slavery was a thing. Um, but it wasn't the main reason. It was more about states' rights. Um, mm -hmm. And Lincoln basically was like, "No, you're not leaving." <laughs> yeah. So, um, which I have a big problem with, which is why a lot of people will say, oh, Lincoln was a tyrant because it's because of the fact that he's like, he didn't respect like the smaller government. He just wanted more power in the executive branch and like the, um, um, like the federal government. Right. That, because he expanded power there. Okay. So that's one, one thing. So expanded power of the, expanded power of the federal government. He suspended habeas corpus, right? Also? Yes, he did. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what he did pretty much as a way, it was kind of like a tactic in order so that he didn't have to give people, um, you know, fair trials or anything along right. those lines. And the concept so. of habeas corpus is that a, a, every accused person is going to be able to, pre, you know, present their case or at least be presented in court. And, and, uh, you know, it quite literally means what, pres mm -hmm. uh, show me the body or something like that. Is that Latin? I don't know, whatever. But, uh, <laughs> so it, it's, it's a, it's a term that we use to describe mm -hmm. our law, our system of law, and that you will see your habeas day in corpus. court, you know, huh? Habeas corpus or something? Hab yeah, habeas corpus. Habeas right? corpus, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I mean, he basically like suspended it so they could just do it on site and find mm -hmm. people guilty and, then, and not have to wait and do it a fair way. Yeah, hold them, hold them, so. in, hold them in jail for, uh, you know, indefinitely. And, and you know, we're currently doing that now in, in Guantanamo Bay, right? So. Right, yeah. You know. <laughs> So um, now people, you can, there'd be arguments about whether or not that's, you know, rights only apply if you're, if you're born on the right line of an imaginary line in the sand somewhere. Right. So like, you, you know, you, you, we, we like to think as Americans that everybody's free, but only if you're an American, are you really free? And only these rights really only apply to you as an American. If you're not an American, they don't apply to you. So we just lock them up in Guantanamo Bay indefinitely. So. Right. Well, right. that's something else you could probably get into. I mean, not dealing with Abraham Lincoln, but like with your rights, like where they come from and whether, yep. um, and cause that's something that bothers me. I think on Twitter is when people appeal to the constitution, it's like that hasn't really saved you from gun control measures yeah. or freedom of speech or anything like that. So like, and left people on the left and liberals and all those types of people who are like, you know, pretty much again, kind of against it or want to repeal certain ones or whatever. They're not going to listen to you. No, they're already that. not That's following topic, it. Yeah. Sorry, but it just no, you're right though. <laughs> they're already not, they're already not following it, which is, yeah. you know, great. What, you know, Abraham Lincoln did that perfectly. He already yeah. didn't follow the, you know, the, the, uh, the constitution mm -hmm. himself. And, and you're right on to make that point is it's dead. The constitution's dead. Mm -hmm. Nobody, I mean, they're not following it. There, you know, it's a lot of good ideas, but it's got no teeth. And, you know, Lysander Spooner has a great quote. I, I'm going to butcher it, so I'm not going to try. Uh, just look it up. And uh, you guys, will, and those are, if you're listening to the show, you probably already know what I'm talking about anyway. So, mm -hmm. so what else? What else do we hate about, about Abraham Lincoln? So is. Um, he wore cool hats, though. From all the I will say he did have a pretty cool hat. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> He's a really ugly you dude. Got to give him that. <laughs> he likes movies. But yeah, the theater. So, yeah, I'm, so that's my favorite place. Um, but he, but he, but he <laughs> that he went. <laughs> that's terrible. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> funny. I've seen some portraits of him, and he wasn't the most handsomest man. 
but he did have a pretty decent beard. Didn't he have like? Yeah, he was supposedly tall too. Yeah, like, he, uh, he had like some three, disease. Six, four, Didn't he like have that. that that the disease where he never stopped growing? Elephantitis. No, well, I don't think that's. Oh yeah, I, I don't know what it's, it's called, but like it usually has to do with the pituitary gland, I think. Like where all of his extremities, like his fingers and 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 limbs, yeah. just continue to grow. So he was so tall, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not his fault. We shouldn't hold that against him. But, no, um, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> <that's>, uh, <laughs> We're commenting on appearances. He's yeah, yeah, it's not great. Yeah. So, it, 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 so elephantitis is a condition characterized by gross enlargement of an area of the body. You just, you're just has, Google, you're just Googling stuff. It has nothing to do with elephants. I remember that. You're not, you're not smart. You're no, not I think it's smart. something megaly, isn't it? I never um, said I was smart. <laughs> yeah. You're just good with a Google machine. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a... Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. So why didn't he admit? So people, I've heard him. Say, people say he's the, the great emancipator, and he's got the Emancipation Proclamation, but that didn't apply. That didn't. He didn't actually free slaves with that, right? That was a war tactic. You said earlier, what's that all about? Yeah, it was more of a war tactic because of the fact that, like, if he freed the slaves, then they had less like um, people to go to uh, mm-hmm. use for the cell. Like, it hurt the cell. Yeah. For him you're, to do that, and he didn't do that in the war. Started in 1861. Yeah. And he didn't do that until that wasn't signed until 1863. And in fact, it didn't apply to to states that that uh, were all, were that hadn't seceded, and right. it didn't apply to territory that had already been won uh, by by the Union Union troops. Right? Mm-hmm. It only applied to areas of the South that the Union hadn't conquered yet. Right? Yeah. So it really had no bearing on anything. Right. So if you were no, a slave in the North, because, because there were slaves still in the North, people don't, you don't want to believe that, but there were, there were slaves in the North mm-hmm. and uh, there were still slaves in conquered Southern states, right? Con- is conquered. Are we using the word conquered? Is that allowed? I don't know. States that had been, uh, you know, uh, occupied, we'll say occupied. Yeah. 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 Occupied mm-hmm. Southern states. It didn't apply there because, because the union had already, uh, you know, you know, seize that land back, right? It only applied to places that that the union hadn't um, occupied yet. So, if it's controlled by the South, who already doesn't recognize the Northern government as as legitimate, did they really free their slaves just because the Northern president said so? No, no. So they had no bearing. So, thing, it's, no. so it's a political. It was but it a makes political them look maneuver. good too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's a political maneuver, and, right? And and the winners of wars tend to write the papers up on it. So yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and that's another interesting point, though, with the talking about like the North did actually have slavery, and they were one hundred percent complicit in everything because not only did they have slaves, like I actually read a book from one of my old professors in college that was talking about the difference between South Carolina and Massachusetts slaves. And just like they were treated differently um, because like the like mass in Massachusetts, apparently they were treated a little bit more like them. They were still slaves. Okay. Let me just say that, mm-hmm. but they were treated a little bit more familial than they were like in the South or whatnot. Um, but also there were people who literally would just capture black people and bring them back and sell them as slaves, even if they weren't runaway slaves. Wow. Like that, that happened during that time period. So to say like the North had nothing to do with slavery, is very dumb. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's not, it's yeah. ridiculous. It was, it's, it's a, you know, it's unfortunate, right? So here, here we go. We got three white people just in here talking about, talking about this and, and everything yeah. else, not, not to make this into a social justice thing, but uh, you know, it's kind of a black eye on, on our American history. It's one of those unfortunate things when you look at American history and you go, um, and I mean, earlier this week, I was talking to my kids about, you know, just about, you know, 4th of July is coming up. What does it mean? 
you know, are we really free? You know, these, we have these conversations, you know, I've got a 19 year old daughter who's in college, 16 year old daughter who's in high school and a 10 year old boy. Right. So uh, we have these conversations. Of course, the older girls, they, they grasp a little bit more of it than, than my son does, but we do, we have these conversations about freedom and what does it mean? The declaration of independence. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? When we read the, when we read these words on this piece of paper, does it apply to everybody? And of course, you know, now in the 21st century, Western, Western world, we look at that and go, absolutely, it applies to everybody. It applies to every single person. And, uh, but then I ask, well, did it apply to women? Mm-hmm. Did it yeah. apply? Did it apply to you know black people? You know African slaves? Did it? You know who did it? Did it apply to? Did it apply to you know the you know native populations, the First Nations people that that were conquered by Western you know by uh, you know white settlers and westward westward expansion? Mm-hmm. And then they realize it didn't. You know yeah. it does. They think about that and they go it didn't. So um, it's a it's a stain on our on our otherwise pretty pretty cool history as, of being like the freest country uh, at the time. You know, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't apply to everybody. And and I think mm-hmm. that's something that we. Uh, I think we know it. It's a footnote though, for a lot of people. Yeah. Right? There's a lot. Well, that's of- why I have yeah. such a problem with people who take like George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and like the founders and put them on this, this, you know, pedestal. And it's yeah. like, okay, did they do some, I'm not going to take away what they did that was good. Mm. But at the same time, we need to recognize that they weren't necessarily great people. Well, well it's <laughs> like that, they it's, still own slaves, you know, and that's uh, it. You know what I mean? We need to just maybe not deify man. Or yeah, woman for that matter, right? I would agree with so, that. Yeah. So just, just I mean, we know, we know, uh, and I don't know what your faith background is, and we don't need to get into it if you don't want to. That's fine. But uh, we, even if you have one, that's okay too. If you don't, it's not a big deal. <laughs> but like, um, we tend to deify our our founders, and we look <laughs> at the we look at the framers of the Constitution and the founders of the, of the country, and we go, these are great men. And you know what? <laughs> There's a lot of cool stuff they did, man. And and yeah. for for the era that they were in, the the you know how enlightened they were, um, mm-hmm. and I mean if you look at the the documents that they drafted, um, yeah, it's kind of cool. That's that's some good stuff in there, right? But yeah. they were just dudes, and they were complicated, and they had prop. Excuse me, they had problems yeah. like the rest of us, you know. You you and, can go dig up any any country yeah. or nation's history and find. Mm-hmm the bad stuff, you know, it's, it's kind so of, it's, yeah. So I always, you know, we always want to like caution, just like you had mentioned, we don't want to deify these people, put them on pedestals necessarily take their ideas and their concepts and their philosophy and, and apply it where, you know, where, where, you know, one of the most libertarian, we'll say this, one of the most libertarian people that we all like to celebrate is Thomas Jefferson, right? We always like to mm-hmm. celebrate Tommy J, right? He, we, he's one of our favorites. <laughs> yeah. He is man. He's one of our faves, but like, but Yo, like, what he, up, TJ? but he's not, he's, <laughs> But he was, he was like, you know, he wasn't great either. You know, if you look at his personal life, there's a lot of inconsistency there. These are very complicated people. Abraham Lincoln, obviously, you know, you know, four score and, you know, four score and four score and how many years was it? Seven? Seven. Yeah, I'm messing that up. So four score and seven years later, right? Seven Q. Seven. Seven. I got it. Yeah. So that was another thing I will say I learned in school. I used to know that by heart because they made us memorize it, which was very like, why? (laughs) I don't know it anymore though. Thomas Jefferson in school too. Yeah. So 87 years later, Tom, Abraham Lincoln almost said Thomas Jefferson. 87 years later, Abraham Lincoln was also a very complicated person. So he's not somebody to deify. You know, you take the good with the bad. And, and as we dig deeper into who he was as a person, we find out there's probably quite a bit of bad there. He was a, he was a racist. He was an out, out and out yeah. racist, which was not uncommon for the era, of course. Mm-hmm. But he had no interest well, in freeing like the, the black slaves. Yeah. 
sorry. No, go <laughs> ahead. Yeah. And, but a lot of people will deny the fact that he was actually pretty racist and they'll use his speeches. And it's like, yeah, but if you look in areas where racism wasn't popular, his speeches didn't include it. But if yeah. you look in areas where it was, he, yeah. they were pretty racist. Like, yeah. We have that in writing, like a lot of his speeches in writing to kind of compare. That's great. Right? Tactics. Yeah. And it, yeah. and that's what it is. He was exactly. a politician. He was a lawyer, right? He was a lawyer and he was a senator, you know, and we know this. This is not our politicians aren't. This isn't. These aren't a new breed of lizard people, man. These lizard people no. have been around for generations. You know what I mean? So um, he was he was a lawyer and a, and a senator before he became a president. And so there's every reason to believe that a lot of what he said was was politically motivated. Um, mm-hmm. He's on record as saying that he would, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna even try to quote it, but he's on record as saying that he wouldn't free the slaves if he didn't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, like he, if he could preserve the union without freeing the slaves, he'd do it. Yeah, he would have done it. It wasn't, it wasn't something he was <laughs> yeah, yeah. trying to. It wasn't a motivating fact. He was just trying to gain federal control of the South, mm-hmm. and uh, and and any 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 free any freeing of slaves. Uh, that happened was they were ca- it was a calculated move to try and weaken the South so that he can better better control it. What what was what was that saying that Donnie said when we had him on about uh, what Abraham Lincoln did? Oh, he put everybody on the plantation. Yeah, can, can yeah. you go into that a little bit just to reiterate? Since the last, have you heard that? You've heard that, right, Ali? No, I don't. What do you mean? Well, so it's, so Sorry. when 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 uh, when when Abraham Lincoln grew the federal government he didn't necessarily free black slaves you know uh he 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 did like of course historically that's what we we recognize but he what he ended up doing is putting us all on the plantation we all became tax slaves we all became slaves to the to the to the federal government we all became property of the government um where, where we weren't able to secede the way we you know to live the life we wanted to live so because of the actions and the strengthening of the federal government we we none of us were alive for that, but the, the people at the time became I'm in bulk. Pro, yeah, property of the state. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. You know? No, I get what and you're then, saying. So therefore yeah. we, so then therefore we became, you know, we're all on the plantation now. And I, you know, I say yeah. those things and that that's not, again, we have to be careful with, I think we should be careful with how we always put a little caveats around things is um, I don't take anything away from the suffering of, you know, you know, black African slaves, in the South during this time, because conditions were pretty rough, you know, Mm -hmm. so I'm not making a parallel between today and then, you know, being, you know, living a different type. It's a different type of slavery. It's a different type of slavery. Right. Right. And I, and I know that uh, I can just, I can hear people's, you know, I can imagine they're fuming. They're going to be fuming. Yeah. I can imagine the eyes rolling at the comment of a white guy saying he's a slave. Like I get it. Yeah. I know. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to make that kind of comparison. I'm just making like a, I guess I am making a comparison, but I'm not trying to like say it's exactly the same. It's just, it's, you know, there's a it's slavery in the, in, in the way that it, it's forced, <laughs> you know, you know, but definitely like, like African slaves, like had it way worse. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, you know, so anybody who's listening to things that that's, 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 that's stupid. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I fumbled through it. I didn't say it exactly as eloquently as I would have liked, but the premise is there. So yeah, there's that. And, um, I don't know. What, so who do you hate on Twitter? <laughs> I'm not supposed to talk about this. Yeah, so we're going to talk about it. So, like, <laughs> so, 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 what's with, so what's with you and all these sub... Every time I turn around, you're subtweeting something. And I like have to go... What? Oh, I mean, half the time, it's just something I see on the timeline or I'm making fun of somebody who knows it's about them. 
just a random thought. That's why it's like people get mad about subtweeting and it's like, no, I just do it for fun because it's hilarious to me. Yeah, you're fun. Um, but there are a few times that I have subtweeted people who have me blocked because it's like, what's the point in adding them? Because they have me blocked and I always block people back. Um, oh yeah. But, yeah. So it's like, okay. But you see them on the timeline anyway, because people take screenshots and it's like, oh, person or whatever. Oh, gotta um, beep that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's hey, sorry. Hey, uh, That's uh, a you, big can you, one. Can, can you give me some clarification on something real quick? Sure. Can you thoroughly explain to me what a subtweet is? So a subtweet is when <laughs> you you were tweeting about something that you got from somebody else, but you're not specifically naming them. So, like for example, so you're not quote, know, you're not you quote tweeting, recently? or you're not like, no. like responding, replying to their tweet. You're just yeah. So how yeah. many tweets do I have to make before I get one of those checkmark things? I hear it's not that easy anymore. I don't know what to get I'm, them. I'm, like, if, I mean, if you here's the thing though, if you run for office, no matter how many followers you have, you get one. Oh, then I'm. Because there are a lot one. of dumb people on Twitter who have them, and it's like, oh, you're a politician. That's. Fine. And then if I got one, I'd just be another dumb dude on Twitter that has one. Yeah. So I, I'm trying well, to separate myself from the most herd. People, most people outside of people who have blue check marks hate everybody who has a blue check mark because it's just automatically most of the would time they have Abraham a larger Lincoln, audience and they say really dumb things like Abraham Lincoln you know. would have it would have a blue check mark. Yeah, what, is, what are some things Abraham Lincoln would tweet about would he be as cool as Trump because I, I mean I'm not a fan I don't like Trump at all right like but but man his, no. his I will say though fire, he was man. entertaining yeah his like that's the one fire. thing you got to give him if you're gonna judge the the evil reptilian politicians on a stage yeah. You got to give, give some credit to Trump. I mean, yeah, I will say, though, like he I don't really watch the debates that much because I don't care who wins. I don't vote no, based yeah. on principle. And that might tick people off if you have like minarchists who listen. But um, no, you're good. I <laughs> um, but like I watched his debates like when he was in them because they were hilarious. <laughs> like yeah, some of the yeah. things that he would say back to people like he didn't care. He had no filter. And he's just like, I'll just say what I want. And that's it. It was um, entertainment. Yeah, like he wasn't trying, like he was a politician, but he wasn't in terms of like the way that he spoke wasn't necessarily what people would think of. That's why like a lot of people would refer to him and say he wasn't presidential because he didn't talk the way that they wanted him to. Well, he, yeah. wasn't he appealed to his base. Yeah. You know, he, and he, he knew who they his were. base, his yeah. base is Joe Sixpack. You know, like, and that's, and that's who he, that's who he appealed to. And, and <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, there's a lot of Joe Sixpacks in this world, man, you know? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, so he's that was his base. Yeah, I like yeah. I like that I like that stuff uh, that part of that uh, that part of him too. But um, you say you don't vote, and you know what? I was just talking to Gumbo about this before you you came in. Um, I've been on a voting hiatus myself as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but since moving to California, mm -hmm. I joined I joined the Libertarian <laughs> Party. Oh no! And and and. <laughs> I, I've joined the Mises caucus mm -hmm. and uh, you know, I've, I've, I've actually been in contact with El, the libertarian party in San Diego County. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, I think I'm going to um, I'm registered to vote and I think I'm yeah. going to start voting again. And uh, that's, that's a, that's a bold move for me. Cause like, I was like you, I was, I was there for a good, a good while. Like I was um, philosophically opposed on principle Mm -hmm. voting and and i still sometimes don't really I, I still don't see the value in it as much but i do see the value in trying to 
engage in a, um, you know, in a discussion, you know, in the political sphere, you know, and, and yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and, yeah so I don't know, we'll see. Because <laughs> so, I understand like people who get politically involved, like I get their, like, their thing, but like, so here's a little backstory on me, which but okay. I don't know that I've told this story much, but the reason why I joined Twitter on my now suspended Allie Jill Tennessee account, permanently suspended, um, <laughs> was because I was volunteering. <laughs> I was volunteering into that next. Yeah, it was um, running for um, the presidential, the LP presidential ticket uh, the last time around. And I was the volunteer coordinator for Tennessee. I was involved in the LP, joined the Mises caucus, donated every month. Um, and then I just realized in my state anyway, delegates were basically a popularity contest and it was all the same people who were always picked to go be a delegate. Cause you have to, if you don't know anything about the LP, you have to be a delegate to actually vote on who, yep. who gets the, you know, the, the chair position and any, any positions in there, you pretty much have to be delegate to do it. Um, so I just had a really negative experience, <laughs> uh, with that, which is why I was like, forget this. I'm not doing it again. I'm not paying another, you know, 25 bucks, uh, to be involved in this organization who is a, at the time was owned by the pragmatists pretty much. Yeah. Um, and they have, and a lot of people who were involved really had no clue about politics yeah. and like the political process. It's like, okay, well you pick this person, but it's like, she's not going to make, even if you were to put her on that stage, she wasn't going to make any noise against Trump and Biden. Nobody yeah. would pay attention to her. Yeah. Like that's not what people were paying attention to. <laughs> you know, it just like, it always just seemed kind of, they seemed a little tone deaf to like what people were voting on and how, cause it's mm. not like, okay, you could say, cause a lot of people are under the impression that it's like, oh, well, if people just listen, they would realize they're libertarian. I'm like, I don't think that's the case. No. <laughs> like, um, especially if you have a very boring messenger and I yeah. don't think, you know, Joe Jorgensen was very interesting no. in general. Who's, who's going to, who's going to entertain us more? Well, so yeah. the, and I think we learned from, we learned from Trump. Mm -hmm. We learned firsthand what, yeah. what works, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I've said this before and I want to maintain it. I feel like I have to say it every time I say his name. I'm not, I don't like Trump. I'm not a supporter yeah, yeah, of his. Yeah, yeah. I can tell by the way you're talking about it. Yeah, that's not true. So, um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we learned, we learned what, what works and, and the people I think in general are ready for somebody who at least appears to be, outside of the mainstream outside of the uh outside of the uh uh what are we calling it now the the cathedral right um somebody right. who yeah. somebody who's going to call the media on their baloney right uh somebody who's going to uh one of, one of the things that did love about trump was his twitter account we talked about that already i love that he was so active with <laughs> with with his people right like yeah. you know as a president i mean i don't you know his people writing quotes but like yeah. you know he tweeted all the time and there yeah. was no doubt in your mind what his opinion on something was. And he would interact with other people. Like he would interact on the, on the, in the Twitterverse with, with people who responded. And, that, and that's thought, a smart move, especially. Cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a kind of a smart move too on that fact, because, um, you know, it kind of gives people like when you have the president who's just sitting, you know, in DC or whatever, and you're seeing these meetings that they're having elsewhere, like on TV, they seem like a world away. Yeah. But like if you have somebody who's on Twitter and who's active, who is a politician and they're going to interact with you, it kind of seems like you have some sort of an ear. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, like even if they don't listen to you ever, like yeah. no, you're <laughs> it right. just makes you feel more connected. Yeah. And if, and if I think one of the things that the LP could ever grasp onto the concept of a, being a radical voice for freedom, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, 
and, and I think there's a couple people that get it. I think, I think Shane gets it. I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that Dave gets it. I think, you know, you know, these people that are out there doing, doing the thing with the libertarian party running for office, mm-hmm. being a voice, you don't have to like, you're not going to win. No, right? like, that, that you can't like, go in with that. So, idea. so don't, so, so don't smoke that pipe. You're not going to yeah, win, no. you know? So kind of embrace that, be the dark horse that kind of pisses everybody off with mm-hmm. a radical voice for freedom. Point out what's going on with the, with the duopoly and just continue to beat that drum because sooner or later, I mean, I'm not going to say they're ever going to win and that's okay if they don't. Mm-hmm. But if, but, but if we are waking people up with a message, that's why, that's why one of the things that I justify, why I justify joining the LP again, after I left mm-hmm. when I was in Hawaii, I left the LP and now I'm back in California and I'm like, okay, let's give a rip is it's just one more platform to be a radical voice for freedom. And then what I like mm-hmm. to see about the Mises caucus and how they're coming out and, and, and making some moves in various States, man, they got, they got New Hampshire all, all but, but hurt about some stuff. And we got to see, mm-hmm the dirty politics of the pragmatists immediately. And it was yeah. in, it was in plain view for everybody. And it was great to see that, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to see that the, the, the move of the Mises, uh, you know, free market mindset going across the country. And, and it's really exciting. And hopefully, and like I said, we're not going to win. Yeah. We're not going to win and that's yeah. okay, but just be yeah. loud about it. You know, mm-hmm. that's, I think what, yeah, I think and there what are other, yeah, there are other like smaller um, campaigns that they've done too. Because I know back, I think it was Colorado who ended up who had a very tight percentage for psilocybin being mm-hmm. legalized or decrimmed or whatever it was. And the Mises Caucus actually those the people out there. Because I know Michael Heiss talked about because we when I was on Facebook we used to be Facebook friends, so I'd hear about everything he was doing. Um, and they went out and knocked door to door to kind of get more people towards the passing thing. And mm. I, I guess you can't for sure say that that helps, but like. You can't say that that didn't make an impact on the people that you talked to. Well, sure didn't hurt, right? And yeah. just a little bit, just a little bit more freedom. I mean, yeah, you know. So, like, they do that type of stuff too. So, I will give them that. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think it's funny with the LP is that back when uh, Henchman first got the chair position, like I had made a comment on Twitter about how he's a joke and probably just the same as Nick Sarwark. And then it's like, now you see like what I was saying oh, yeah. to all the people who yeah. hate it. Cause all of my local LP people who followed me on Twitter then were mad at me for saying that. Like they got really angry <laughs> and I'm just like, yeah, well now you see. And like, I'm not sorry that I said it. Yeah. Obviously yeah. I wasn't Can sorry you believe that. that people get mad at you for having an opinion. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> it really is though. Like some, some of the things like having different and you know, I will say too, even amongst libertarians and, and anarchists, um, sometimes if you have a different opinion, they get mad at you because like, we eat example, our own. We, we so, do, we do yeah. eat our own. That's for so sure. that's like whenever, yeah. whenever I got, uh, exposed to this interesting world, uh, through my, my homie Q over there, <laughs> I had no idea how many layers to the tears there were. Like, I, yeah. I don't understand most of it, to be honest. <laughs> I, I just don't. And, uh, I don't really care if I make somebody angry because I'm just a, you got to meet people where they are. And I'm just a regular guy trying to do the best I yeah. can and, and learn as I go. And uh, yeah. that's why I guess that's why I check Liberty has a cool dynamic, but, but um, yeah. Uh, get, get in trouble if you got an opinion or if you don't align with the right group or sex yeah. or, or well, I- and ideology. You, yeah. And especially if you shift when you're on Twitter, mm. cause like I know when I first started, I was a big L libertarian, went to a small L then became an ANCAP. 
then was just like anarchist. Now I'm technically, I guess, a market anarchist, but I just went back to anarchist. But there's so many that's like it's not even worth saying. It's almost better to just not have a title. So right? I'm just, just like I'm just an anarchist yeah. now, and that's all I'm saying. But like even in that transition from going to ANCAP to market anarchist, um, yeah, there are people who would get irritated, irritated even if you were just trying to work out ideas. Yeah. Or like when I first started, I don't really want to bring up postmodernism or talk about it, especially after certain people on Twitter who are gross. Yeah, let's be careful. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I do not agree with, by the way. Yeah. Anyway, um, but like when I first started getting to that, I was just kind of feeling it out. And then like people were like really angry and started like arguing. And I'm like, no, I'm just like trying to explore this and you're getting mad at me. Like, I don't know like what to do here. But that, that, whole, so. that whole march towards more freedom is all we're really trying to do. Yeah. You know, and everybody has, everybody has kind of a path that they're on. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely right, you know, of center on that, on that yeah. graph and I'm definitely bottom row. And, uh, but, but am I all the way over to the right corner? Well, maybe, maybe some days I am and some days I'm not. Yeah. And, and, you know, you just kind of like, you know, it's a march, you're marching yourself towards maximum freedom. You know, don't hurt people. Don't take their stuff. The same rules mm-hmm. we learned, you know, first thing we learned when we were in kindergarten, right? Don't pull little Susie's pigtails and don't take Timmy's blocks, right? Like, just don't, you know, these yeah. are things that you, you know, these, these are life choices, like, like, you know, things that you learn early on that, that for some reason adults have not uh, retained, you know, and, and so now you look at the government and all we're doing is pulling on Susie's pigtails and all we're doing is stealing mm-hmm. Timmy's blocks. It's all they do is yeah. they hurt people and they take their stuff. That's what the government is. It's mm-hmm. all it is. And uh, so when we try and find ways to, move past that back into freedom, back into peace, back into a place where, where we can peacefully exist with each other. Um, everybody takes a different road. And if there's a couple of people out there that want to get some land together and go live a communal lifestyle and be, you know, right. anarcho communist, dude, I don't care, man. Go have fun. Yeah, as long as you're not forcing me to yeah, do it. Like I'm fine fun. with it. But don't come over here and make me do it. Cause I'm going to be trading, yeah. you know, I'm going <laughs> to, whatever, I'm going to be trading my skills for income. You know, like that's yeah. what we're going to do. My skills, my, 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 supplies what i own what i what i fabricate and make on my own i'm going to trade that for guns butter ammo you know (laughs) you know what i mean like it's going to be a market environment right wherever i want my utopia right but the goal is no coercion yeah get to a point where we're not we're not coercing each other um and and i think that's lost on so many people and particularly in our liberty mind right in the, mm-hmm. the, the you know the how wherever you see yourself on that bottom row or even if you're like a rung or two up on that um you know we you know we just we can't forget that everybody's in a different place like gumbo said earlier you got to meet people where they're at and right. we're all just trying to be free and that means different things to different people you know right and it it will i mean because that that's the thing it's like if you ask everybody what freedom means some people will will say oh well healthcare healthcare being free or something and i'm not going to go into like how it's free at service whatever not going to go into that but like that might be their freedom or like Mm -hmm. or you know um you know more of the social programs they would see as freeing people up from you know financial um problems or whatnot and really i mean i think like libertarians and anarchists in general should just be working together to kind of attack the state as opposed to fighting each other because like yeah. none of that matters right now. Really. You're right. None it of doesn't. it matters until until you get down to where you have no state or at least have a minimum state. It's all philosophy. Like, it's, none of this sem- matters. It's, it's none of these philosophy. arguments matter. Yep. It's yeah. all philosophy and semantics at this point, right? We don't have well, any and who practical says that it's gonna play out that way. You know, you have ideas of how it might, but like you don't know that just because your favorite philosopher said this is how it should work out doesn't mean that it will. Oh uh, no. You know, yeah. I don't know. And and it doesn't mean that it that doesn't mean that's the only way either. 
just because yeah. you're just because you're Rothbardian and I'm Rothbardian, it doesn't mean that you know this uh, you know this syndicalist over here is is doesn't have a good idea. Also, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's there's a lot of stuff out there that there's a lot of ways there's a lot of ways to free. That's why I kind of like and I mean love him or hate him, I really like um, you know uh, uh, Jeremiah. Man, I, I like I like yeah. what he, how he just kind of plays that bottom row and he and he's one of these anarcho coalitionist guys mm-hmm. and I think that's really cool where. Um, he just wants, you know, you strategic, 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 like cooperative, like groups, you know, and, and where, you know, where you guys have similar needs you work together on. And when, and when you're, you know, when you no longer have those, you dissolve that little relationship and you start a new one over here, as long as it's all like, you know, volunteer and, you know, who knows, right? Like you said, we don't know how it's going to go. You know, we don't know if it, how long it's going to take. We probably won't see it in our lifetime. Probably won't see it in my kids. Probably lifetime, not. But we'll move it in that direction. That's the whole point, mm-hmm. you know? Ellie, I got a question for you. Sure. So five to seven year window to the right. Where do you see? Where do you see everything? Just uh, overall. Like overall, like where, yeah. where everything's at. Um, yeah. I honestly. That's a big question. <laughs> well, I mean, it, yeah, it is. Have, five to seven years is. I, I. Okay. So I would like to see decentralization. I would like to see it move away from the federal government. Mm-hmm. We're not going to abolish it in five to seven years. Um, but I don't know that necessarily the train that we're on and what most Americans are on, if you can't convince them that you're basically just heading until you, until a collapse happens. And I don't mm-hmm. want to see that happen. I, I don't, but I just don't see how it's avoidable at this point because like, especially when it comes to economics, I mean, how long has Keynesian economics been the mainstream yeah. to where they just keep printing more and more and more? Um, yeah, and you can tell people about Austrian econ, econ all the time, but they're not gonna care about that. Like they don't, people don't care, care mostly about econ. They talk about what's in the mainstream yeah. um, in terms of like, you know, what most people think. And yeah, so I, I don't think it'll collapse in five to seven years, but I don't think we're on a good road right now if it continues the way that it is. Do you think, that's a good question. We had Shane Hazel on a few, well, I guess it was several months ago now, right? Yeah. Um, But he had mentioned something he thinks it's, man, when was that? It was like, he had like a 10-year window, I think. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there's an economic collapse within 10 years. And and I think that was before, Mm -hmm. before all the printing of money like yeah. like this was before the before coronavirus was yeah no was it wasn't before i don't know when was that it doesn't matter but anyway so he and so do you are you looking at do you think you're in about a 10-year window also for that and i, I think wouldn't be, i wouldn't be surprised like i never thought about like an estimate of how long mm-hmm. it would take but i wouldn't be surprised if in 10 years especially with all the covid relief checks and all that mm. type of stuff and it sounds like if this other variant comes around i mean yeah, there's gonna be, there's gonna be pumping out more paper check. right yeah. Wait, wait, yeah. For, wait for the hardcore lift yeah. They're going to be playing football. Well, and they're still <laughs> technically talking about, I mean, they've been talking about student loan relief for a while, but like what happens when, when they actually, if they actually forgive student loans up to yeah. a certain amount or whatever, that's See, not going to help. <laughs> I should have gotten dead and went to college. Yeah. yeah. What's that? No, because if they forgive student loans, you know, I missed that one, man. Well, All I need is like $200,000 worth of college debt. That's so stupid. And it might, yeah. it might get, you know. I will say though, with that, like it, it's it's stupid to take like as much as a lot of people do, but I do think that there's some sort of systemic thing that pushes kids towards that yeah. within public yeah. schools, which is a whole nother issue. It's, yeah, we can in and we of can, itself to where you're told from a young age, at least in the I'm a millennial, 
you know, and in the millennial age, like we were, it was very much positively reinforced to go to college where they would announce where you're going, congratulations. Or like if you went to a guidance counselor and talked about technical schools, they would say, no, 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 you should go try one of these other things, which yeah. were college bound. And your which, parents were like, I didn't go, so you should go. And yeah, all yeah, that yeah. Stuff. So There's a lot of pressure. That issue. Yeah. There's a lot of pressure. And when and I remember when I was in high school, I graduated in 96, right? So I'm quite a bit older. Um, but the, uh, I remember my mom asked me, and now I was never a great student, right? So like, yeah. you know, my, my mom, no, I know it's crazy. <laughs> so I, my mom asked me, she was wondering, we need to figure out where you're going to college. And I laughed, like I legitimately laughed at her, right? Like not hard knocks, mom. Going to college. <laughs> and, and, like, and, like, and, I, and I just, I said, mom, what in my academic history makes you think I'm going to college, right? Like, you know, and, uh, and as before I could even finish that, she had the yellow pages before the internet, right? So she had the yellow mm-hmm. pages out. And she was flipping through it. She had her finger on the armed forces uh, recruiting, uh, you know, phone number. She goes, which one am I calling? And I'm like, well, I like the water. So, you know, let's do Navy, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so by, so by. That's lo- another scam too. Yeah, dude, that, oh, dude, let me tell you, I was a recruiter. I know all about it. So the, uh, but that's a whole other topic. But uh, yeah. by, by the time dinner rolled around, man, I had a Navy recruiter in our house and we were sitting there talking and I was ready to go, man. And it was, it was, um, we talk about this all the time, Gumbo and I, it's like one of those things, it's like the, the best dumb decision I made, right? Like, cause you know, you yeah. can't deny the veteran benefits, right? Like, and, and I'm right. not, you know, if, if you have them, use them, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. and so it wasn't for the Navy, I never went to college. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get money to go to college and too. I, I went to col- of, like I, I had a my, lot of friends who joined for that. Yeah. And I went to college. I did. I got my degree and, and I used it. I didn't pay one nickel, man. I went, you know, did, did, uh, did some time in the Navy, did, you know, what I call uncle Sam's canoe club. And then, and then I came out and I went to college and, and I got a degree and, and, uh, you know, bought my house on, on the, on the VA home loan. And, and, you know, there's all kinds of benefits to being a vet, being a veteran. And so like, you look at that and you go, okay, that's great. But then the cost, like, there's a lot of dead kids too, man. You know, like, <laughs> like, like you go back and you look at it and you go, the cost of this isn't as simple as just, you know, you, you put the uniform on and you, and you, and you, you know, play GI Joe for four years. And next thing you know, you're a college graduate. No, some of you, some, some of those guys you talk to, especially you talk to the mongoose guys, right. They're, they're talking about, you know, they're squeezing trigger down range. You know, they were, they were shooting people. I was on a ship that launched 17 Tomahawk missiles into Yemen. We killed 34 people that we know of, you know, and, and then, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff. And I, and, you know, Guantanamo Bay is another example. That's like, you know, I mean, we can go down this whole thing. And you go, okay, so there's a lot of good benefits that come out of military service. But you're lying to yourself if you think the blood isn't on your hands. You know, and so that's something well, I don't that think I, a lot of people yeah. think about that when they join because they're thinking about, like, you're talking about, like, a lot of the benefits. And then you don't see, unless you get, you know, shipped off yeah. somewhere overseas, which is pretty much inevitable now. Yeah. But, like, uh, you know, because my dad was in the Army and, like, he just did his four years, but he spent it in Germany and there wasn't really any major conflict when he was in it. So like for him, it's like, all right, well, you yeah, know, it was I'm a party doing this for thing, him. figuring he my was, life out. Like it's fine. Was, and then my brother joined the Navy and went he, to Iraq. Yeah. So. He was doing, yeah. Your dad was doing <laughs> Oktoberfest and hanging out in beer gardens and driving, driving Volkswagens, Much. man. And it yeah. was great. Right. But then, but yeah, you know, if you, the, you know, the next generation of, of mm-hmm. guys, you know, especially when the war on terror, it's still kind of lingering. Of course, it's still going on. It's been 20 years, but when it was hot, right. like real hot, like 2005, 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. that time, they, you know, 
I knew, you know, I was still in Navy at the time too. And I did like back to back to back deployments yeah, yeah. at sea. I was, I was and it was like, yeah. I was, it was like, it was like the, the op tempo was ridiculous. So you, so then not just the dead bodies, you know, mm-hmm. the blood on your hands, but the damaged families, you know, how many military yeah. families just fall apart because of this, you know, like, you know, there's babies out there with that, you know, they're, they don't know their dad, right? You know, maybe dad's dead. Maybe he's in, maybe he's in some other part of the country, but they've never met, right? Because, you know, he was deployed that whole time and he's never going to meet him. He's never going to have a relationship with him. And, you know, the wife left mm-hmm. him and all this other stuff and, you know, just terrible things. And it was like, I feel like it was the same 200,000 people that just rotated through because, because yeah. with over, over, you know, a couple million people in the military at the time, I don't know what the numbers are now. Uh, it seemed like, how many, how many soldiers do you know? So some of our buddies in the, in, you know, that are vets that did yeah. four five, six back to back on top. Back to the, back, they man. would come That's, back from, they would come back from Afghanistan, spend two months, two months at home. And then they're on a, they're on a, on a plane to Iraq, right? Like for another year. And it's like, they, they just never, you can't even come home at that point, right? You're yeah. physically well, what's, home. What's but the point? You know, your brain, you're physically home, but your brain is still in country. You're still like, yeah, I don't know. Well, not, not to mention, it's like yeah. the amount of people after they leave the service or during it get, get diagnosed with PTSD and that type of thing. Yeah. There's actually a really interesting documentary that from years ago, I forget, I think it's called War Torn, mm. where it basically just goes through mental health and like how it had proceeded throughout different wars and how yeah. it was looked at. Because certain wars, it was looked at as, oh, you're just a weak person. Yeah. That's why you're this way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like now we have a PTSD. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah. So it was, it was really interesting, but it's also really sad at the same time because it's like how many soldiers kill themselves? Yeah. Like come home and just 22 know, a day. Right. I don't think that's, a, I think that's, you know, it, 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 you know, as a veteran, we all talk about 22 a day. We all know about it. 22 veterans, yeah. 86 themselves every day. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's a terrible number. Right. Um, but that's not a new problem. No, you know, that we've, no. that's been a problem for, you know, for a long time. For yeah. I mean, you know, and as, as America, a country who's been alive, what is it? This, the United States is 246. Is it 46 years old? 246 this July? What's the math? You're, on you're in there. So. 245, something like that. I don't know, whatever. So do the math. Anyway, um, we are, we've been at war. What's it did? I did a look on this. It was like 217 years. In yeah. our 246 year history, and the vast majority of them were probably avoidable. Oh, they which were also all, gets they were all avoidable. When you talk about it, especially yeah. the 20th century. <laughs> you look at the 20th century yeah. alone; every single one of those things is avoidable. Oh, because yeah. well, they bombed Pearl Harbor, it drove us into World War One or World War Two. But but it was our involvement in World War One that caused World War Two, right? Yeah. And it was like you look at all which that. Which is stuff a lot of part of the reason why Woodrow Wilson, like a lot of people, probably don't realize. I mean, he had a lot of problems. He's a terrible person. Who's worse? So, like, that's one of the biggest reasons why he's like one of the worst presidents. Who's in worse, the Abraham Lincoln or Woodrow Wilson? I would say Woodrow Wilson. You think so? Yeah, because without World War One, you don't have. You most likely, don't have World War Two because do you, you don't put Germany in the position. Do you have an American uh, empire without without Abraham Lincoln? Yeah. Do, well, yeah, true. But yeah, it's like it is. No, you're right. Because you have to. Live I mean, in you could world. go back and forth, but I, I, I would just say Wilson. But I also have this really weird hatred for him. I'm just being. Well. He was like super racist as well. Oh yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, he was. Also had a creepy thing for like his cousin. I don't know. Yeah, so, that was weird, wasn't that? Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. So he must have been from the south. 
Yeah. I think he was from Massachusetts. Uh-huh. Wasn't I don't he remember one? where he Wasn't was he from. Like some, I don't know. Now, now I'm yeah. showing my ignorance, but I thought he was like from a. Family. But I will say, if you listen to the Dangerous History podcast, he has a whole series on Woodrow Wilson that he's still doing, and it's really interesting. There's a lot of you stuff. You want to know talk more about, about him? Yeah. Huh? Is, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. That guy's bad. Yeah. He's terrible. Him. But <laughs> yeah, so. Man, we've been all over the place. We started talking about Abraham Lincoln and ended up with Woodrow Wilson and a bunch of things in between. Are you there? Did, you, did I lose you? A little bit. You kind of glitched out on us, man. Did yeah. I? Was that me? A little bit, yeah. yeah. Okay. Please refrain from that. Thank you. <laughs> my, my bad. I didn't do it on purpose. So, But we started talking about Abraham Lincoln and then moved our way into you know all different other stuff, ended on Woodrow Wilson. Is there anything we need to talk about before we, before we, uh, before we wrap this up? I'm up against a bit of a, a hard stop. Ali, what are your anyone? hobbies? Anyone? What are oh, your hobbies? hobbies? What are, what are you doing? What, what are you into? Yeah. Um. So I mean, a lot of I live in Nashville. She's she's into yeah, subtweeting. Tweeting. And I so, now know what subtweeting. Sorry, is. I just thank you. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean Twitter's fun, but like at the same time, it's like Nashville, and this was something too that I will say was kind of a bummer when COVID hit because everything closed down and it closed down based on mm. fake numbers that. Uh, that downtown Nashville was pretty much a ghost town. Um, so you couldn't go down there to do anything last year. You, there were no concerts and that's like a huge part of this city. Yeah. So like oh, in the yeah, summertime, yeah. there are so many free concerts like CMA fest, like you have to pay for the night one, but during the day, there are a ton of free concerts there. They do musicians corner. I mean, just going, there's so much talent here. It's really fun to just go to like, you know, bars or whatever and just go see somebody play. And you that's might cool. find somebody who like, You'll see them now, and then in a few years, they'll be huge. Yeah, <laughs> like well known on country music radio. So yeah, that that I like. There's a lot of good hiking here. Um, Which what's yeah. your favorite style of music? My favorite, yeah. uh, it's probably I guess would go between country and easy listening. Which who's is your most favorite probably. entertainer or your most favorite uh, artist of all time? Frank Sinatra, hands okay. down. Okay, what about in country music? In country music or, or country and western or americana or something like that yeah so i guess so for me it'd probably be garth brooks because he's the reason why i started getting into country music like what's your most it. what's your most favorite garth brooks song uh, the dance although yeah, friends in love places is really really good too yeah you, you want to you want to sing us a little line i do not sing oh, okay. okay i'm not a singer the, the dance one of the few people song. in nashville who are not who is not a musician <laughs> so Garth Brooks has got some good stuff from back in the day. Yeah, he does. I mean, he's got. Oh, I'm gonna make a playlist. So I'm gonna make yeah. a Garth Brooks playlist. Yeah. The only thing is, I wish he was on iTunes because, like, that's where I get most of my music. But like, something he signed or whatever, like a few a while ago. I don't know. There's something about that that he he's just not on iTunes. You can get covers, but like, you can't get like his original music on. Yeah, it's hard to find. I couldn't I couldn't find it on Spotify, YouTube. Yeah. So, so what? So what's the reason behind that? There was a there was a thing he signed, or a, a, so like from a, my understanding, originally he signed some sort of contract a while ago, like before electronic music became like before like MP3s became a thing. Um, that was for like ten years. I'm not sure if it expired yet or not. Um, with certain people, I don't remember who it was. I don't I don't remember the specifics to it. So, kind so of there was this... I remember that being part of the reason that he couldn't. Uh, so now I think he's with Sony specifically. Uh or something like whatever Sony's music is like, you can get it through them. I want to say that's who it is. I could be wrong on that, but are you, are you uh, old enough you to can't know, get it on iTunes. Are you so. old enough to remember Napster? Yes. Okay. I was in high school. Okay. 
So there's that big, you remember, you remember that? You know, I'm, oh, bit, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there was this big thing about free music, right? Because you would get these free mm-hmm. music downloads on Napster, and then all these artists started suing Napster. Yeah, I remember Lars from Metallica. He yeah, he shut was shut up about it. Yeah, he was big. Yeah, it was like I just Lars. <laughs> shut up, Lars. Come well, on, so man. The, so the problem is, is if you're if you're uh you know if you like Metallica like I did, I grew up with with that like the, that was my band, right? And I loved them, and then. Because one of the things I liked about Metallica was they were always just about the about the fans. They just wanted mm-hmm. to put on a good show for the fans. Well, apparently you're all about the money, you know, because they, they were the ones, you know, Lars at least was on the front you, center. You guys fans. are sellouts, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I remember that. But, but you know, if, if you're a musician, wouldn't you want to be assigned to a, a, a good record company that's going to put you out there where you're going to sell more because you're going to get to do what you love and you're going to get paid for it? But somehow in the '90s, it's like that's a bad thing. I don't know. Yeah, it was. It got weird, and then you, yeah, and then you had a lot of the punk, a lot of punk rock stuff started coming mainstream, which then is like not punk anymore because it's now. Yeah. Because you mainstream have more than because you because you have more than fifty people at your at your concert now. All of a sudden, you're not punk anymore, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. I mean, that's what it, I don't understand. So I like punk, right? I like punk rock. I like, especially some of the older stuff, but when it gets mainstream, everybody's like, Oh, they're not punk anymore. Well, their music is the same. Yeah. They just got a lot so, of fans. So it's the same with the political things. A lot of those guys are in character, right? You get big, you get to a certain point, you're, you're a character and you play yeah. to your, to your, your crowd, your base, your fan base. Right. Yeah. And because you think, do you think, uh, Homie, for the singer from Metallica, Hatefield. You think he's walking around the house, throwing the horns and like, no, dude, he's in his pajamas he's, eating spaghetti. You know, he, <laughs> he walks. He's like in t-shirt and shorts now. Like he walks around with slippers, like flip flops. You know what I mean? That's what he, he's. James Hetfield is not the guy that you see on stage. Yeah, he's, no, that's he's, what I'm saying. He's same with politics. They're yeah. playing a show. Mm-hmm. So, Ali, yeah. I got. I, I mean, got a question I think for too. You. Th- so, like, a lot of people forget that they are real people. Um, cause I see that a lot. Like, so in Nashville, it's not uncommon to run into like big country music artists or people who are, you know, whether you like the pop country today or not, but you, it's not uncommon to run into those people hmm. around town. And it's so weird to me that people will still go up and like, it's like, dude, they're having dinner with their wife and kid. Yeah, like leave them alone. Leave them alone. Just yeah. like, Oh, okay. That's cool. I saw this person. Like, but they're I mean, not in the position where yeah. they want to talk to you. Like I get that's part of the job, I guess. But like, to me, it's kind of tacky to do that, you know? I, I like may have mentioned it. I may have mentioned it on here before one time, Q. But uh, around 2006, when I was in the Navy Station in San Diego, that's whenever Trent Reznor, Nine Inch Nails, come out with with T when he was doing that tour. Mm-hmm. And I was at, I was at the mall, whichever one is down there in Gaslamp, whichever mall that is, or close yeah. to that. Uh, I was I was we were skateboarding all day, and we were, we were going to get some food, and I seen this dude walk by, just a little flash, and I was like, "That's Trent Reznor." That's true, Mr. Man. And then uh, we went up and it was him. And I stood over to the side like a weirdo and wait till he sat down. And I walked up to him and I was like, excuse me, Mr. Reznor. I love, your, I love your new album with Teeth Rocks, man. And I was like, Would you, can I take a picture? Can I have your autograph? And he looks up at me. And of course, he's with this beautiful chick, woman, excuse yeah. me. And uh, <laughs> he, he stands up and he's like, you know, I'm trying to eat. And he gave me this look. And I was nervous. That was the first one of the first and last times I'll ever have that kind of shock with a celebrity. But anyway, yeah. he did take a picture with us. He did give me his autograph. But looking back, that was a real, real douchey move on my part. Was, you know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't know, man. I was, I was yeah, twenty yeah. something. You know, like. Uh, but anyway, with teeth is a good album. So. 
<laughs> Here's an off the wall question. What's your favorite, what's your favorite cryptocurrency? Well, I have Bitcoin. That's all I have. That's all you That's have? What, okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't think the other ones are necessary. I'm not. Okay. So I will say I'm not super educated on cryptocurrency, but like, uh, I don't know if you know Rallo McFlugel I do. on Twitter yeah. at all. Yeah. He's really big into like Bitcoin and stuff and he's kind of where I learned what I know from. Yeah. So I've kind of just stuck with Bitcoin. So. So would you consider yourself a Bitcoin maximalist or just somebody that has Bitcoin and just is like, uh, just hanging out for the ride? Probably just somebody who has Bitcoin right now, because like I said, like, I don't really know that much about it. Like that's not something I claim to be educated, super educated in. Okay. So. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. Good luck. Cause it's a big space and there's, it's, there's always a lot something of, new. Yeah, just, a lot of people get very thing. mad about like whatever coin they push. I've noticed on Twitter. Well, that goes it. back to we eat our own. That whole thing we're talking yeah. about. We we eat our own. Like, and we had uh, we actually had Sal on last week in in Saudi Agoras, and we're talking about that a little bit. Is like, you know, we we're all trying to get to a place where everything's decentralized. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's going to be different. You know, this goes back to everything. There's going to be different paths yeah. to get to that. You know, some things are going to work for some people, or are not going to work for other people. We should just celebrate. We should just celebrate yeah. these different things that the and and that the fact that the the centralized currency as we know it is dying, like that's a mm-hmm. celebration. You know, you look yeah. at the massive debt that we have all over the world, right? And like, you know, crypt, you know cryptocurrency is going to be part of that solution anyway. So, I don't know. Is there anything else we need to talk about? I got to wrap it up. Are we good? Allie, Allie I don't have was, anything else. <laughs> it was it was a pleasure having you on yeah, having you. you on the show. Why don't you yeah. why don't you spend uh, just whatever just do you have any projects you want to talk <laughs> about anything that you want to plug that you're that you're into? Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, not really. Like I don't have anything I'm working on right now. I do have a couple other podcasts I'm going to do that are supposed to be more like postmodernism um, oriented. Okay. Uh, with the Dutchman on Twitter, he is no real libertarian. Uh, and then with Cam and, and Jess, who I've been on before. But like that's cool. it. I pretty much just go on other people's stuff. That's cool. Um, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. We had we had fun talking to you. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. All right. It was nice. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs>